0: Tell stories so grand of this vast, timeless land, and they call it Sunday with Mac.
1: Hello, Mac. My name's Sandra. I'm actually visiting Christmas Island. I came over here to see the crab migration, but unfortunately, it hasn't rained, so the migration hasn't happened yet. It's extremely dry over here.
2: So, are you going to wait for it to rain?
1: You know, the old weather reports say it's going to rain, but there hasn't been any rain. And unfortunately, I've got to head back to the mainland, so I'm I'm going to miss it. I'm from a little place called Bungadoo in Queensland. It's about 45 minutes northwest of Bundaberg. Purely came over to see the migration because it only happens around this time of each year. Yeah, the males go down earlier and then once it rains, then the ladies go down to lay their eggs and then they all move back, back up into the forest. And the forest is extremely dry. Even the big bird's nests up in the trees are looking really miserable. They're all wilting. A lot of leaf litter because the trees are dropping their leaves just to basically survive. You know, it's like most places, they desperately need rain.
3: Oh, hello, Macca, this is Mario here. I found out yesterday, looking at the Telstra phone box, you promote the free calls,
1: that can be only done from a Telstra phone box anywhere in the country. If you dial
3: asterisk 464646 is written on the on the screen children can talk to santa claus at the north pole and with artificial intelligence santa claus can answer any questions that the children would like to ask to santa claus
0: the meaning of 464646 is oh ho ho ho. that's what it means you ain't got a cracker they tell stories so grand of this vast, timeless land, and they call it Sunday with Macca. They all call it Sunday with Macca. Yeah, they all call it Sunday with Macca. Yeah, they do. Get on with it, Macca.
2: That's my friend Mario, and I met him this morning again, and he... He was just, he delivers the papers on Sunday morning. Mario Gambello, I think that means, he, Gabelio. I think that means hair in Spanish. A lovely fellow. I might get him to come in next Sunday morning. Our last program of the year next Sunday morning, which is Christmas Eve. There you go. Oh, what a year. What a year it's been, kids. When you look back at it, you'd think, well, it's, you just put it behind you. But when you think about all the things that have gone on, this year, wow, I just noted the other day that over 700,000 people I think arrived in Australia in the last 12 months in a little while um, <laughs> you'll meet the author, uh, songwriter of uh, the Kelpie the Kelpie song we'll take you prawning up in North Queensland uh, what's he just rang uh, if you've just ro- woken up good morning Stephen just rang and he's just, he took his boat out Earlier, um, a month ago or something, out through the Murray River. Remember we had that report on the Murray River, how much water was coming down and how deep it was at the mouth of the Murray, which is unusual for modern times because we've had a lot of drought and now there's been a lot of water and now there's heaps of it still coming down. It was very deep. And he said his boat, they were sailing the boat out of the, from Goolwa, I think, out through the mouth of the Murray, and have you seen that area? It's a huge area when there's a lot of water. And they got hit by five or four or five rogue waves and smashed everything up. They got into Adelaide all right, but he said it's a very dangerous, dangerous place. Well, the mouth of any river um, is a very dangerous place because the water's coming in and the water's going out, and you never know about bars and all that sort of stuff. You know, the Henry Lawson um, poem? We tried to cross over the bar last night. Yeah, that, you know that one. Uh, speaking of Yowies, Nerrily T says, Ian, I have no idea what happened to the copy of about Yowies I emailed last Sunday morning. I had to replace a computer and maybe some of the glitch occurred because the printed copy that was on my desk didn't have those embarrassing little errors. I do apologise. I've attached a better copy and I'll read it in a minute, but just thinking about computers and AI, could... Mario said that you can dial asterisk four six four six four six and you get to talk to Santa and you can ask him anything because of AI. Santa can a- answer, 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 is an answer, answer. Santa can answer anything. Santa can, um. And I just think that's scary. And then my friend today, uh, the other day, told me that AI. If you say you want to write a poem, uh, write a song about, you just type it in. Oh, I want to write a song about underpants or whatever. You know, whatever's your fancy. Um um and away it goes, and then say I want to put it to music and I want the chords and bombo So why did we need the Beatles and all that, eh? And George Gershwin. Why do we need all that, John? And and you can probably get AI to play the baritone sax, Kel um, uh, John, couldn't you? Yeah. So anyway. Back to Neroli's uh, letter about Yowie's. We were talking about Yowies a couple of weeks ago. Yowies are mythical beasts, aren't they? Yowies dance on granite boulders when the moon is big and round and yodel at the southern cross. A most peculiar sound. Their song is mystical and eerie, not very often heard. When humans hear it on the breeze, they think it's some kind of bird. Yowies like to climb Mount Warning, then skip across the scenic rim. Glasshouse mountains are just hills to them, and it's a yowie kind of thing. They're shy and gentle creatures, here long before the steps of man. They know the forests and the rivers and the red-brown desert sand. Yowies leap across the clifftops, and they slide down waterfalls, bomb-dive into billabongs, making cheerful, happy calls. They float along the waterways, and like to splash and dive, then drip-dry in the noonday sun, with a little jig and jive. Yowies have a sense of humour, once, once startled Joseph Banks. They're quiet, and like solitude, but now and then they gather ranks, and when Yowies come together and their sense of gentle fun, they celebrate with history, and making plans for years to come. Sound like interesting people, don't they? Yes, they've walked the land forever, up and down the Great Divide. They stroll along the ranges, or they cross it side to side. And if you're a lucky Aussie, who's seen Yowie's roaming free, then forever then forever you'll protect them, and care for where they want to be. Neroli Teese. Neroli, that's a little ripper, I've meant to read that, and in fact, I've meant to read a whole lot of stuff. I've got piles of stuff, little bits and pieces, and I say, oh, I'll put that aside, and it's that sort of... We don't have a plan here, and you can tell. <laughs> That's a different... Yeah, we're writing a different play every morning, and speaking of which, we're playing this morning, amongst other things. We're playing a Christmas... uh little Christmas treat, um, and we'll play one next week of... Uh, over the top with Jim Hugh Lund's uh over the top with Jim our christmas program and next week we'll have the um spies like us where they went to the monks and the monk the monk the monk and they're very engaging it's very engaging and you're very engaging too i have um it's look it's been an interesting year hasn't it i mean i don't think it's been daggy in lots of ways i feel i feel it's daggy and I don't know if that Australianness is still with us. I mean, we're, we're a changing nation. We just we are. That's what happens. We change, and those. I think I was talking about backyard cricket the other day, and I think well, that doesn't sort of happen anymore. And I don't think kids. I've got a little sort of uh, step grandson, and he's a nice little possum, and he's a talented little fella. But he's not going to play cricket. I keep I keep trying to get him to play cricket, but he doesn't want to play cricket, and. And I think uh, you know, although they play a lot of cricket in India and they're very, it's very popular, I'm not sure it's as popular in Australia as it used to be. And it's just the change, I suppose, um, just the change the way the whip, the whiff of the, the whiff of the weave or whatever they say. Uh, look, number thirteen hundred seven hundred triple two. Love to talk to you. G'day, this is Maka. Hello, Maka. G'day.
4: Oh, it's Beth and my sister Sarah. G'day, Maka.
2: G'day, Sarah. Back.
4: We are walking around the Botanic Gardens in Melbourne, and I said to my sister, I've just got to ring back her this morning, um, because we're down in Melbourne, we're both from the country, and we came down to our mother's funeral on Friday, it was a glorious event, it was a celebration of her life, and she was very much a carer, she worked in aged care, and she was a fabulous woman. Uh, the church was packed, it was fantastic, but we're out for our morning walk, and we grabbed a couple of... Uh, doggy poo bags with the intent of filling them with rubbish as we walk along yeah. and um, I just wanted to ring up and say that's what we love to do it really makes us feel better because we're leaving this beautiful place better than we found it and our mum was such a lover of nature that she's nurtured within us and so we wanted to do something for the nature around the gardens
2: and isn't that nice? My mum used to say we're all just little clones of our parents, and you two sound like <laughs> little clones of your mum. And she had she had good uh, yeah, character about her, and that's that's lovely. And you've you just got to do that. I mean, you've, you've just got to do what you think's the, the right thing, Beck and Sarah. Listen, yeah, why, whereabouts in the country you're from?
4: I'm, I'm from Malden. Um, we're wool growers, and it's a bit of a tough time for our sheep industry at the moment. Also, so please, everyone, eat more sheep meat. <laughs> and I, too, married a farmer. We're both Melbourne girls originally. We're, um, I live in Harrow.
2: Oh, Harrow. Now, isn't that funny? Because um, I did about my first ever outside broadcast. Well, it wasn't really outside because we were in one of those caravans. You know, those years ago, you used to do an outside broadcast, and they'd put the caravan in the main street, and you'd sit inside this glass bowl. Yeah. And I remember sitting in the main street of Carrow on a early in the morning, and a bloke walked past with a dog. Um, <laughs> just the things you remember in life, you know. This, yeah. and, and I remember Harrow, and I've always wanted to go back to Harrow and do the program in the main street, but not in a caravan this time. Just sit on no, the
4: No, no, come back. We've got more modern facilities that you can utilise. Oh, no, we, <laughs> just, we, great d- welcome.
2: Yeah, we just sit in the park or we just, yeah, we don't go inside anymore. It's always best to be outside, but I'd oh, love okay. to go back to Harrow. Um, Mitchell's, what, Australia Felix and all that sort of stuff, that area, uh, isn't it?
4: Oh, that's exactly right, and the Johnny Muller Reserve is a great place to be.
2: Yeah, so you're just walking around the bot gardens, picking up stuff, and um, yeah, just taking Melbourne in. I wish you'd have come to our—we did our program in Melbourne, but then again, you were up at Malden, weren't you? Yeah,
5: yeah,
4: yeah, and Harrow. Right. Hey, how, Macca, can I just say that we ended our mother's funeral with a Charles Aznavour song. Her name was Isabel, and um, and if you know that song, you probably don't. But he sings it in French, and. The, the, our, our friends and family who came to the funeral just said, "What a wonderful way to end your mother's funeral! <laughs> um, it was glorious."
2: What's it called, Isabel? My auntie was Isabel. What's what's the, yeah. the, the, is the song called, Isabel? Is it?
4: Yeah, Isabel by Charles, Charles Aznavour.
2: Charles Aznavour. And it's John, a
4: fabulous song.
2: Isn't that funny? Because our technical producer, John, did you you backed. Charles Aznavour when he came out, and I remember John.
4: Oh no way! He did, he's talking to us again.
2: <laughs> at the Hilton, it was the Hilton. John, John is uh, is busily on the thing, but John's a bass player, and he played with I think it was Tommy TK's orchestra. I'm not sure, but anyway, they um, Charles Aznavour came out, and John, John said, um, "Is it on the thing?" And anyway, um, sorry, I'm just talking to people. That's all and, all right. <laughs> We and, love it. And Charles, asner uh, John said to me, because I was working, John wasn't working here at the moment. He said, have you got a copy of Dance in the Old Fashioned Way? So I found it for him. Um, I found it for him. And so he l- learned the song. But then they <laughs> did rehearsal. And John, John's one of these fastidious sorts of musicians. And he said he went to rehearsal. And and so they played through the Old Fashioned Way. And at a particular point in the song, uh, John said, um, look, shouldn't that be a B flat and not an A? <laughs> and 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 the conductor, he said, just to play what is there. Um So anyway, they, so we've got all sorts of contacts, Beck and uh Sarah. Yeah. So oh, I don't know fun. the song, but I'd like to play it sometime if we can find it. But anyway. Oh,
4: gee, it's a ripper. It's a little bit, it sounds a little bit raunchy at times. <laughs> oh, does it really? That's <laughs> what our mum loved. <laughs> <laughs> so it's not good.
2: Yeah. All right. Well, the- look,
4: but, but can, can I just please, Macca, yeah. encourage people to pick up a little bit of rubbish as they're walking around, wherever they are. It does make you feel better. It's, um, it's such a good thing to do.
2: I'll say, I'll say, it's the, it's the best thing to I do it. And my good friend, uh, Mark, our rowing correspondent, um, he pulls out weeds as well, which is almost as good.
4: Yes, yeah. Sarah Sarah said, I think I might grab that weed. And I said, don't start, Sash. Don't start. You'll be here all day and beyond.
2: Yeah, well, that can happen too. But, um, yeah, there's so many weeds and there's so much rubbish too anyway.
4: There is. There is. It's alarming. Yeah, it's quite alarming. So that's why we need to wear more wool matter. We love wool.
2: <laughs> yes, we do and that's too. That's fibre. Yep. Beautiful. And
4: they are such beautiful animals. It's, I love
0: it.
2: I see. I do too. And I've never yeah. ha- owned a sheep in my life, but I've worked with uh, them, and I've worked in a shearing shed and picked up stuff. But um, I love sheep. I do. I love them. Love them to yeah, death.
4: they are. They are. They. Uh, uh, have you got time? Can I tell you a little story? You can. Story? You have. So I've got three children, and this is years ago. My probably um, four-year-old daughter at the time, was wanting to hatch some eggs under the silky bantam. And this was the day they were due to hatch. And my two-year-old Tom was having a hissy fit, screaming as we're walking up. And I wanted to give my attention to the four-year-old. And so I popped Tom over the fence in with the pet sheep. And I thought his screaming and alarm would have them in the corner of the paddock. But instead they came over to him and they were snuggling up to him. It was so incredible to watch. I um and, and you know they're just they're part of the family. If they hear my voice, they bleat at me.
2: <laughs> I, well, I think it's lovely. I love sheep. Um, you know, I, I can see sometimes people oh bloody sheep because they do the wrong thing or they don't do it. But the, but I've got a lovely photo of during the floods where this bloke is leading a whole little mob of sheep across this creek and they just yeah, follow him and they just they to get out of the get out of the yeah. struggle. It's a beautiful picture. Rebecca and Sarah, uh, keep up the good work. We'll see you in Malden, but probably in Harrow next year. Oh,
4: great. Yes, I'll be there. All right. Malden's a lovely town too. But look,
2: uh, uh, can I ask, have they got a coffee shop in Harrow?
4: Yes, they actually do. Hey, MACA Sarah's got a coffee machine at her house. i will definitely make one for you. My daughter's (laughs) done a barista course. She can make one for
2: you. All right. Good on you, kids. Thank you. thank you. See Have you, bye. bye. Bye, bye. bye. That's, yeah. that's Australia for you, kids. Good This is Macker.
3: Hello, Macker. How you going? Yeah, good, mate. I like the I like the sheep on the Barbie, but sorry about that. <laughs> that's all right. Well,
2: yeah, that's you know, all part of yeah. the deal, yeah.
3: What's your yeah. name? I'm here, in I'm um, Jerry.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: I'm here in Halifax, and I'm standing in ankle-deep water in the um, uh, acre North, block where I'm camped.
2: North Queensland.
3: Yep. Yeah. Yep. It's coming down. It's coming it really? down backwards. Yeah. This is across a, the road behind. This is the yep.
2: remnants of Jasper, is it or?
3: Yeah. Yep. 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 The, the end of a uh, whatever you want to call it. No. But it's been raining for the last couple of days like this, and uh, the yard I'm in, it's an acre block and it's ankle deep. Uh, they reckon the the herb going to come because the herb across the road behind the houses. Going understand see what I mean. And the, uh, they reckon the south end of. Um, Halifax will cop it first. I don't know how far it'll come up this road, mm. but there's no getting out now. Ah, well. he's a, a, a little death.
2: And, <laughs> and what's your story, Jerry? You're in holes, are you?
3: Uh, no, I can't up my mate to build a house in uh, uh, March. I think I left down uh, the Illawarra. Mm-hmm. And um, the dear old council took four and a half months to approve his plans. Then the builder that was going to lay the slab and that. He can't do it because he's in hospital, and now the rain's hit, and so I'll be sucking here until it gets finished. Uh, <laughs> well, butchered it's... all my life. You've been a butcher? Yeah, yeah, butcher, bus driver, taxi driver, rigger, crane driver. Done a few things.
2: Halifax um, is a nice spot. I, I was in Halifax years ago. I was up there yeah. hanging around, went to... Yeah. Went to um, all the places on in North Queensland there, but um, yeah, I remember Halifax very well. Is there is there a there a jetty there? Um, I think
3: ah uh, used to be down down a little bit further. Lucinda's got the main jetty, the Lucinda, big Lucinda, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Yeah. yeah, it's got it's got the down main Road ramp uh, boat ramp. There used to be one there, but the maritime or whatever you want to call them up here took it all away.
2: So it's still raining up there
3: now. Uh, I put a bucket out last night at eight o'clock in the middle of the paddock and it's full of water.
2: Wow. Right. Well, and other, place is, normal. other places are dry, but there is a bit of rain around where I live. It's coming, I think, not at the moment, but there's yeah. rain coming next week. So it might be yeah. uh, maybe a wet Christmas. I'm dreaming of a wet Christmas.
3: Oh, <laughs> well, I'm having one now. I tell you, I'm not supposed to go to Lismore for my Christmas. <laughs> yeah, so I hope they don't cop it there yeah.
2: again. You don't think you'll get out before Christmas?
3: Oh, I think so. They 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 reckon probably Tuesday, uh, Tuesday, Wednesday, sunlight's supposed to come out. Mm. Hopefully, the flood waters will be receded by then, so I can get on the plane on Friday.
2: Oh well, good luck with it, Jerry. Um, and yeah. and, and home is where in the Illawarra, uh,
3: uh, Primbee, Primby. Primby and and, and Winding on Lake Illawarra.
2: All right, yeah, no Winding.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's, it's the town before you get to it on the north side. Uh huh. Yeah. All right, so, Jerry.
2: Anything else to report, forward.
3: mate? Uh, all I know is I'm standing in Inca water deal. There goes the bloke. He went down the road a bit ago, so it must be flooded the bridge. So he's not going anywhere. He's coming back.
2: <laughs> good on you, Jerry. Uh, Great to talk to you, mate. All right. See ya. yeah. Bye. See
0: ya. Hi, Maca Ken from Sydney. How are you? Oh, good. Thanks, Ken. Um, I once worked in the prawning industry at Evans Head. And we're having a reunion there on the 24th and 25th of February, unveiling a memorial to fishermen, funded in part by the Sydney Fish Markets.
2: Mm.
0: It'll be a big weekend with a dinner on the Saturday night, a fish, fish feast on the Sunday.
2: <laughs> sounds and, sounds uh, great, I'll be there.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, Please, would be lovely if you could get there. But we're having, it's a big reunion with that memorial down where the old Evans Head Fish Wharf used to be.
2: Which is where, so, near, near where the river comes out or in the river? Or yeah,
0: just... just down the end of the street near the RSL. There was originally a beautiful old timber wharf we all used to back into and the co-op was built on there. Uh. So it's a, it's a big weekend. COVID stopped it a few years ago, so we're happy to have it rolling again. And it's in conjunction with the Evans Head Living Museum. Right. So, so uh, people want to contact there. They can find out about this 24th and 25th of February. Love to see all the families and uh, fishermen who've w- served in the industry. it be a great event, a great weekend.
2: And do they still prawn fish out of Evans Head now? Or?
0: Not so much. More out of uh, Iluca and Yamba. Hmm. Uh, Evan said it's pretty well shut down now. There is a modern co-op there, so there's something happening. Oh, by the way, the other thing that's happening, two wonderful model makers who make trawlers, model trawlers, they'll be exhibiting their their models on the water. So uh, they're they're wonderful makers, beautiful, beautifully skilled men doing a great job.
2: How many... uh Trawlers worked out of um, Evans Head in the heyday. Do you reckon, Kenny?
0: I, I think in my day it's probably about twenty. Wow! It was a—they—they they were the biggest taxpayers in the state. <laughs> uh, it, was, it was Evans Head was the biggest contributor to taxation in the state at the time. So it was a big industry.
2: A little later in the program this morning, I went to talked to Frank Market about uh, about his songwriting, but he he was involved with. Um, the fishing industry and the prawning industry up there in uh, North Queensland too. So um, and that's uh, that's uh, changed too. It's changed everywhere, I suppose, hasn't it? But um,
0: yes, it has, it has changed. But if you go to when I look there, you'll see plenty of trawlers there. Yeah. All
2: right, right Kenny. So what do you do now? You're retired.
0: Well, I'm totally retired. Yes.
2: So uh, that's in um, February, is it? February uh, in uh, Evans 24th Head. Twenty fourth and
0: twenty fifth of uh, February. And the Evanshead Head Living Museum will have You want a list of where people can stay. There's. They've got a list of available accommodation.
2: Yeah, and it's the north coast, the far north coast of New South Wales, just near Ballina. That's where uh, Evans Head is, yep, ladies hello. and gentlemen. Yeah, all right. Good on you, okay. Kenny. I might see you You're there either. with a bit of luck, eh? Oh, that'll be good. Thank you. <laughs> good on you, mate. Bye.
6: Cheers, Nick. Bye. Oh, hi, Maka. It's Marie speaking from Thierry.
2: From where? Thierry?
6: Yeah.
2: Near, in Queensland? Thierry. In Queensland? Yeah,
6: central Queensland, yeah. Oh,
2: right. What are you doing there, Murray?
6: Well, I'm a dido granny macker. Drive in, drive out granny because my daughter had to go back to work after having a baby and there's no daycare really here. Mm. <laughs> so I drive in from Tannum Sands every second week mm. and look after the baby. But yes, I was heading into Emerald to do some Christmas shopping mm-hmm. and I got just about to Capella which is a little town um, in Central Highlands and there was drovers on the road with all these weaner cattle really? and it was oh it was just like a great sight to see and you know the horses were walking in with their covers on as well and anyway it was quite a bit scary though because I couldn't get through they had them all blocked up just before the sixty sign, where it goes into the actual little town of Capella, and I had no idea where they were taking them. But on my way home from Emerald, in this pouring rain that we were having at the time, I passed some um, trucks with all these um, same little cattle on. So obviously they were going to move them or ship them out somewhere. So yeah. it was just pretty exciting.
2: <laughs> oh, it's a great Australian site, isn't it? Really. um uh... I'm I'm the same when I'm driving along somewhere, usually out there, but n- not necessarily. You can be close to home. You can be near Musselbrook or whatever in yeah. uh, New South Wales or you can be out near Richmond in Queensland or whatever and you find uh, a mob of sheep or cattle, usually cattle on the road, but sometimes sheep. It's, yeah. the, it's the great Australian sight, isn't it? You, I mean, you won't find that anywhere else in the world, I wouldn't think, with big no. mob big mobs like that. And it's really great. And you stop to talk to the drovers and... You know? I, was,
6: I couldn't even talk to them. I had to, like, try and get their attention to help me get through. So a guy came through on his horse and made a bit of a uh, gap, and there was a few cars behind me as well. So we all sort of, you know, slowly crept through. But, yeah, it was an awesome sight. I Actually, um, when I was, got married in 1987, I lived on a cattle property at Booyah, called Alderley Station mm. you know so it's not like I'm not used to being out in the country I grew up on a cane farm near Bundaberg but yeah like so it's pretty different for me
2: <laughs> yeah but it's look it's a fabulous sight especially for a for a city slicker when you're out somewhere and you come across that it's really it's fantastic oh, okay. it's just a lovely thing to see you know and it's yeah, you just slow yeah, and down. I
6: had in love with dogs, you know, holding up the cattle. It was just awesome to see, really, yeah. <laughs> what are you
2: doing for Christmas? <laughs> Looking after the grandkids, I suppose, are you? <laughs>
6: uh, yeah, my husband and other um, daughters coming out here from Tannum Sands. That's where I live, really. Mm. Just part-time here at Thierry um, doing Grandma duties. So, yeah. <laughs> we're Ooh. all coming here for Christmas, yeah. Well, good Everything's on you. shut, though. The bakery's shut now. The cafe, there's only a... Really? Supermarket, a chemist, a doctor's, a hair hairdresser. But you know they shut up yesterday or Friday because it's Christmas time. <laughs> so there's no cafe to go and get a coffee or oh, the bakery. The bakery's closed too. So. Tell,
2: tell damage. <laughs> oh. All right, Murray. Good on you. And yeah. um, Merry Christmas. Thanks for your call. Okay. And we'll Thanks. talk talk to you next year. Merry S-
6: Christmas, Maker. I've been listening to you for a long time. Good See on you, Murray.
2: See ya. Bye. See ya. Stephen's in Yarra Valley. Good morning, Steve. Oh, good morning. How are you going? <laughs> Fantastic.
5: I think. Yes. What's happening? Yes. What's happened? What do you do? Oh, I thought I'd, um, I heard you talking about the Murray quite a bit over the last six months, and I thought I'd tell you about our experience of actually going through the mouth of the Murray out to the ocean to transfer uh, my son's catamaran up to uh, Port Adelaide from Foolwa. Um,
2: All right. Yeah. Tell
5: us. Well, it seemed like a, a good idea, um, better sailing up uh, Port Adelaide, easier to use and all that sort of stuff. There's two types of people in Adelaide, I think, those that sail down at the uh, Coorong or those that sail up on, you know, around Port Adelaide. So the decision was made to um, transfer it. It's a Snowbird 3, which is a 31-foot cat, you know, like a, a family boat. Um, and all was going well. We organised a pilot to help us and his son. We were, um, um, good day. Uh, what was supposed to be a, a low low swell, uh, about three metres. Um, and I know that someone rang and said, oh, it's really deep through that part, you know, where it's broken through, um, and it is. But when you get out a little bit further, you get breaking waves, of course. Um, and uh, it was uneventful, it was sort of exciting, because I was only going out for the night sail to bring it up to Adelaide on on no sailor. Mm. <laughs> But um, uh, as we got out, we, we, we contacted emergency service uh, services along the way and we had all the equipment and all that sort of stuff for a night sail. We just got out to the very outer, that's very deep, I agree. And um, when we got to the outer part, we were almost out to the ocean and then we got hit by, I suppose, three or four rogue waves, uh-huh. um, which then did some significant damage and, you know, for that moment, I thought this is not such a great idea. Um and, and as the waves broke over the front and did a bit of damage um it's still being repaired it should be right by February I think to be sailing again but yeah. um it was quite a dramatic experience and um it put a hole in the hull and it ripped part of the front deck off wow um, broke through the cockpit, knocked the pilot uh, the, the pilot off and broke the uh, steerage away, hit him in the head, broke the tiller. What else did it do? The, the anchor came free and started to rattle. We were motoring. We weren't um, actually sailing So at that point. So the chain is rattling on the uh, propellers at the back. Um, so all that in just, I don't know, it seemed so quick and didn't have time to think really. Always
2: digged it out. <laughs> yeah, well, that's
5: good. Always
2: dangerous at the mouth of a river, wherever you are, whether yeah, it it's a, a freshwater yeah. or a, a saltwater river. Uh, yes. A, yes, a bloke rang us. Um, oh, I don't know, a couple of months ago, and tell us about that because, yeah. and he said yeah. it was really deep, uh, about thirty thirty yes. odd feet, thirty five feet or something at the mouth of the Murray, yes. which is unheard of. Yes, um, yes you that's know, right. of, of late, you know, because you know we've oh. had droughts and mm. all that sort of stuff. So, yeah, it's yeah. A, so I guess. Um, yeah, it's a tidal river. Lots of water coming down, lots of water coming in. You know, if you know what yep. I mean. It's uh, yep. it's the mouth of a river anywhere is a, a fairly
5: dangerous place. <laughs> well, I think there's a few few bigger boats than ours have come to grief, but I just don't know how many have tried to get out or in lately. But um, I suppose my advice is don't. Mm now um and i did hear when we're on the two-way radio coming through um talking to the marine rescue just you know check in and all that and someone said i wouldn't be doing that the last people that went through drowned really (laughs) yeah so i don't know whether he was just sort of having a yarn or whatever anyway it was a bit of a moz wasn't it as it turned out so
2: you got Um, you got to your destination. Yeah, yeah.
5: uh, Limped into Adelaide, sort of. Limped into Adelaide. Yeah, it it could it it didn't do any of the damage to the sailing part of it. So we did sail a bit, but we had a northerly, so we were actually actually mostly motoring. But um, and you had a hole in the hull. How did that happen? Yeah. Well, well, when the deck broke, the front deck broke away. It tore a hole on the on the on the right side. But my son, um, who's a a lawyer, but also a a bit of a handyman, had his drills and his his um celastic stuff and, and he repaired that part of it and then we lashed the nets back on and uh fixed the steerage. He got his uh, you know his cordless drill out. And um, the tiller was broken as well, so I did some running repairs on that. And there's a bit of bailing to be done.
2: Well, Merry Christmas, Stephen. <laughs> yes, yeah, yes,
5: yeah, yeah. Well, it is up safely where it should be, and the sailing sailing club up there is very relieved. But um, yeah, I got a, I've got, I've written a, a short story just so I can remember the the event.
2: Well, exactly. Um,
5: yeah. So it's been. Uh, but I'd say, any sailors out there, any salties, they'd be saying, "Why did you do that?" I'm sure they would say that. But mm. um, coming in and going out I'm not so sure and I don't know how often it's done but anyway that's my story
2: <laughs> Stephen thanks for your story um and good yeah. luck
5: over Christmas and
2: when you st- what's the name of your uh ship your boat
5: I think it's going to be renamed because it's it's Moz now so I don't want to call it given its name it'll have a new name um it's going to be called a snowbird it's a snowbird class so it's yeah. going to be named something like that so yeah. Snowbird 3 I think <laughs>
2: The Murray, yeah, you should call it the Murray something. Um,
5: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I didn't want to be a wreck, another wreck along that area because there's a lot of them But um, uh-huh. that did occur to me. And it, there was no swimming ashore because, you, you know, on that the mouth, that's where the great whites hang out because they feed off all the seals. Yes, and so also... later, yeah, yeah. A lot of yeah. a lot
2: of those, uh, what are those fish that uh, they catch there at the mouth of the Murray, those big fish? Um, anyway, it doesn't matter. But, uh, yeah, yeah. there would be a lot of things yeah. worth... Uh, yeah, great whites. <laughs> We're going to talk about sharks later this morning. Yeah, all right. Oh, well.
7: Yeah,
5: okay.
2: Good on you, Steve. Thanks for listening. So, okay, thanks, bye. Thanks, mate.
7: Bye. bye. Yeah, it's Jeff here, mate. Better known as Sav.
2: Sav, yep.
7: Yeah, yeah. No, just uh, out spraying um, some cereal, uh, self-tone, um, yeah, that we've got on our wheat stubbles at the moment this morning at Mumbledoo. Um, yeah, beautiful morning here, mate. Where at? At Mumbledoo. Mumbledoo. Mumbledore, that's it, yeah, just just east of Borellon, mate, Yvonne Gulligan country.
2: Oh, right, yep, there you go. So, yeah. um, and how's your season been?
7: Yeah, actually, um, yeah, pretty dry spring, but um, yeah, we had two wet seasons the year before, mate, so um, yeah, crops um, surprised us with our yields and that, with um, stored moisture, so that's why, well, yeah, out, out this morning spraying, trying to, yeah, kill our, uh, what's uh, growing at the moment to conserve moisture for next year's crop, mate.
2: I oh, see. That's the story, eh? Because uh, water is um, is gold, isn't it, Jeff?
7: Yeah, water is gold, Magga. Yeah, um, and uh, oh, just the way farming's done these days. Uh, yeah, conserve moisture, minimum tillage, uh, direct drilling into stubbles, that sort of thing. Um, yeah, it's um, it's amazing the way things have changed in in my little uh, period of farming. Yeah,
2: yeah. And so, uh, what uh, what will you do for Christmas, Jeff? Will you still be working at Christmas, or?
7: We should have most of our spraying done by Christmas. Macker and harvest this year will be. We'll we'll finish about a week ago, so that that's a change from the last couple of years. We were, yeah, we only had Christmas Day off um, the last couple of years, but this time, yeah, we're going to have a bit of time to spend with family and friends, and um, yeah, sit at home and sit around the pool and have a quiet beer and um, a nice meal with family and so forth. And um, yeah, and think and think about the
2: year, yeah, and think about the year that was. That's a good. That's a good thing about Christmas. You can just stop and. And it's a bit of a whirlwind, really, Jeff. I reckon.
7: Yeah, no, absolutely, mate. Yeah, no, we're, we're pretty lucky we live back up when you see what's happening around the world. Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it, it's, um, yeah, you don't, you don't realise, and I, I think we take it for granted sometimes, yeah, how lucky we are.
2: We certainly do, and it's never until it hits the fan, like something like, um, you know, COVID happens, and then we, and there's no toilet paper, and we throw... <laughs> it's, it's a funny old world, Jeff. It's been a funny old time these last three or four or five years.
7: Absolutely, Magga. Absolutely, yeah. So, in, in the tractor here at the moment with my little Jack Russell, he um he comes everywhere with me. He um yeah, he loves he loves um yeah loves sitting in the tractor and. Go wherever i go, mate. He, he doesn't like staying at home. No,
2: well, he, he knows like, that.
7: Like you said, he, he's a bit like COVID, mate. Yeah, if you leave him at home, he's, he's not real happy if he's locked up.
2: No, and well, he he knows that he's the he's the real ace. I mean, you do the work, but he's he's the he's the brains of the organisation. Does nothing happens without him, mate?
7: No, absolutely, mate. Yeah, you spot a kangaroo or a rabbit or something in the paddock, and nearly, you you nearly got to pull up and let him out. Otherwise, um, yeah, things get a bit excited in the cab. Yeah. Good on you, Jeff. Merry Christmas, mate. Yeah, you too, Mac. Anyway, I love your show. been listening for years and whatever, and anyway, keep up the good work. We'll see you in
2: Mumbledore sometime. Good on you, mate.
7: That'll be good. Thanks, mate. See you, mate. Bye. Bye.
8: This
2: is the All Over News. This is the All Over News, and in a moment, the best song, certainly on this program for the last five years, called Kelpie co-pilot. We'll talk to the authors, Frank Market and Jackie Horrow. They'll take us to North Queensland and around. But first to some of our emails. This is from Diane Goodwillie. She says, Ian, I listen from Toronto, Canada on Sunday mornings. Love it and tell all my Canadian friends to listen. I wonder if you know about the other Christmas Island we were talking about. That we had the call last week from Christmas Island, a part of Kiribati, Kiribati, in the central Pacific, north of the Cook Islands and west of Hawaii. During the 50s, the Brits tested hydrogen bombs there and many Fijian British sailors, 14,000, were exposed to radiation when they were recruited to work. It's documented by Melbourne-based Nick McClellan's book, Grappling with the Bomb. Mm-hmm. On January the 1st, 2000, says Diane, Christmas Island was the first to celebrate the new millennium because Kiribati extended the dateline around the island. How do you do that? Apparently, there is also great fly, catch-and-release fishing and surfing there. So Merry Christmas and enjoy the season, says Diane. Thank you. And on the same thing, Terry Walsh says, Maka, there's another Christmas island which is part of the line group of islands about 2,000 k's south of Hawaii. Probably the same, talking about the same thing. Perhaps, says Terry, that's the one Cole Joy was singing about. No, I don't think it was. Its name has changed now to Tamati, But that's not the Christmas island about the song. That was a mythical island. Tony Morris says, I'm also an alto sax player, and in my younger days, my sax teacher told me that there were actually eight members, eight (laughs) members of the saxophone family. They are sopranino, soprano, alto, tenor, baritone, bass, contrabass, and subcontrabass saxophones. Tony, thank you very much. From Kathleen Clark, Ian, the population of Australia is causing the country and people a lot of problems. Did you see the figures the other day? I think 734,000 came to Australia. Unbelievable. I remember when 110,000 was deemed to be too many. But anyway, Kathleen continues, we must keep the country at a sustainable level that politicians don't seem to care. Our young people will suffer and the Australian dream of owning your own home is being taken from them. Keep on keeping on, says Kathleen Clark. Thank you, Kathleen. And finally, from the emails, Grant Ud says, I've written a book titled A Train Driver's Story. I tried to see you at Fuller's Bookshop in Hobart when you came down. I've driven trains for Tasmanian Rail, and after employment there spanning 49 years, retired and wrote a book. It's a story beginning in my early childhood and being born into a railway family, joined the Tasmanian government railways in 73. It's a true story of what went on back then and how gradually it morphed into the no-nonsense work culture of today. It describes the unbelievable scenery of the West Coast and soft, sleek coastline of the northwest Coast of Tasmania. It takes you back to when men and stations were everywhere and their eventual demise to make the lean transport leaner as it is today. In short, it describes how it used to be, how and why it changed, says Grant Ud, a train driver's story. This is the All Over News, and it's with great pleasure. I welcome to the Australia All Over Studios this morning, Frank Market, Jackie Hero, good morning folks, they're from Cairns. It seems like you've travelled a lot, because when I hear your song, Kelpie Co-Pilot, which is... Just a great song. You've done a fair bit in your life, Frank, I reckon.
9: I've travelled around a little bit and the basis of the song is, of course, there is a Kelpie and and his name's Nugget and he is my co-pilot, but I did travel from Fremantle up the west coast and then across the top and back to Cairns and saw a lot of those things were, it was a zoo a highway zoo showing uh, donkeys emus pigs if you travel up the west coast there and come across you see all of these feral animals there that are just part of australia now
2: tell me about you and songwriting you've written a few songs haven't you but tell us about you and songwriting are you a musician of sorts or what's the story no
9: i'm really a lyricist jackie did the composition Mm -hmm. and i did the lyrics and that was it but I've written a number of songs, not that they've gone anywhere, but the song about Nugget was a real song about my co-pilot. Uh, he'd been with me for 13 years.
2: And he's got issues. <laughs> and he came
9: with issues, uh, apparently. He was saved from a bullet, been with me ever since. So that's him barking on the record and uh, it's just about him. The song tells you about the dog and he's that's him barking on there and he barking all the time at something he's talking anything that's happening he's part of and these animals are just so smart that when you're coming home after being away for a week or two they know immediately their surroundings and we turn into the street to come home and he's up on his feet and he's got his head out the window and he's ready Ready to go. As we turn into our street, this copy's on his feet.
2: Well, my sister loved the song, and she's a hard marker, I'll tell you. Everybody does. It's a great song. It's one of the great Australian songs, I think. It involves everybody from west to east. Dogs and animals and people, and it's just a great little Aussie song. I think it's fantastic. Tell us about the people who played on it, who sings it.
9: The singer is from a band in Cairns, which had disbanded. Now, he was a front man for Just For Kicks, Steve Lockyer. He worked for me up there. I had a club called the Portsmouth Club, live venue. He came down and sang with his band, and I thought, gee, this guy's got a great voice. The band broke up, and he was at a loose end, and I said, listen, I've written this song, would you like to do it?
2: And that was it. Yep. Jackie, good morning. I forgot to say good morning to you. How are you? Good morning. I'm well. You and music, what's your story?
1: I started to play guitar when I was about 13. Mm. I had a a teacher who was a nun. She used to play a 12-string guitar. Sister Mary, she was fantastic. And my dad also was a musician. So I've played on and off. I'm not a great guitarist. I'm also learning piano now. So I'm in my second year of doing that as well and learning music theory. So I think that's important to understand music. Sure. But um, Dad used to just play by ear So I have to work a bit harder at it
2: Tell me about living in Cairns Well,
9: I? we travelled a bit over the last couple of years Looking, but we've decided that home is where the heart is And that's Cairns It's great up there Sure, it gets a bit hot December, January We get a few cyclones and a few crocodiles And stingers And a few brown snakes Sounds and fun Yeah, and, sounds fun <laughs> um, But that's it That's that's home. The snakes are a bit of a worry up in the bush at times. I'll bet.
2: I'm talking to Frank Market. We were just looking at a picture of Byrne Cuthbertson's rebuild of the Norfolk, Matthew Flinders Norfolk, which sailed around Tasmania and mapped the whole place. And Byrne said to me at the time that he wasn't going to leave the boat in the water. He was going to put it in a uh, museum, if you like, like in a glass case, because he thought it was a wonderful boat, and it is. Have you got an opinion about that?
9: Well Tasmania, the vessels built in Tasmania that stay in Tasmania are still good from what I've seen after 40 to 60 years whereas vessels that are built up northern rivers in New South Wales and they head up the coast and spend their time in the tropics they suffer from all of the rot that comes with the humidity up there. That's a major problem. When I was in the salvage business the insurance companies for fishing vessels would not insure a wooden trawler over 15 years of age. That was it. You couldn't get insurance for them. The beauty of the cold weather down in Tasmania is that none of this fungus grows down there and the vessels just keep their beauty and keep their seaworthiness without any problem.
2: It seems to me you learn something at sea that you don't learn on the land, is that right?
9: Sure, you do. You're out there and maybe you've got more time to think. You don't have television going all the time and radio and traffic and whatever else you're out there. You're three of you on a vessel, so a fishing vessel or a tugboat doing a job. Maybe you've got more time to contemplate what's going on in the world and what's what it's all about
2: salvaging seems an interesting sort of a pastime
9: sure i I loved it and when i moved to cairns it was a frontier country we had three or four hundred trawlers operating between cairns and the torres straits including princess charlotte bay and someone was always going up on the reef we had no gps in those days so there was always plenty to do and it was just a wonderful time to be up there
2: Is there lots of trawlers operating out of that area now?
9: We're down to probably less than 100 operating up to the Torres Straits and from Townsville to the Torres Straits.
2: And why is that? Reduced licences or not enough money in it or what?
9: They've reduced the licences. The Gulf of Carpentaria is one of the closest manage fisheries uh, in the world and it's been a great thing for them because it's a a sustained resource that just keeps on giving. Some years are good, some years are bad, but they're always doing well up there and a a license, just a license to fish is worth a million to a million and a half dollars. Princess Charlotte Bay had two to three hundred trawlers in there at a time when I was up there. I was up there selling fuel as well as doing salvage work. They really wiped Princess Charlotte Bay out, trawled everything out and it's never recovered.
2: Great to see you! Thanks for dropping in all the way from Cairns. How long are you on the road for? For another yeah, week. Another week. We'll see you Thank in you. Cairns next year. Nice you. to talk to you both. Good on you.
0: Thank
2: you. Uh, good This is Macker.
0: Oh, good morning, Macker. It's John. I'm walking the dog. I'm in a phone box in uh, southeastern Melbourne.
2: All right.
0: Yeah. And weather y- uh, fine, sunny, about fifteen degrees.
2: Have you have you phoned you phoned me? But you haven't. Have you phoned Santa?
0: Aster- no, no, Aster- no, I haven't phoned Sandy yet, but I've just posted about twenty Christmas cards in the local pillar box here and uh walked the dog and uh here we are. Well, talking my, to you. Yeah, my
2: my friend Mario says you told us that uh you can uh phone asterisk four six four six four six and uh you can make a request and 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 and, and AI will answer it for you and, and an, so, you know, how good is that? And it's free, yeah. Johnny. Is there, Sorry? It's free, but it's the only place you can do it in the phone box. You can't do it at home.
0: Yeah, I, I, I believe you, I believe you. But uh, the phone box here, yes, it's uh, very quiet in Post Road, and uh, the coffee shops aren't open yet, but uh, they will also, They're not open yet. Not yet, not yet no, no, what, no.
2: What, just, what suburb are you in?
0: Ewsdale. Ewsdale. Murrumbina. Murrumbina. Yeah. What, well, just 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 past Caulfield Racecourse.
2: There you go. Uh-huh. Yeah, there
0: we go. So yeah, the Johnny were on yesterday. <laughs> yeah.
2: What do you do, John?
0: Do you? I've retired. Mm-hmm. I've been retired twenty years.
2: Yeah. What did you do?
0: Oh, I was a surveyor. There you go. All right. Well,
2: uh, after you get off the phone, which will be now very shortly, <laughs> ring ring Santa and then you can r- call me back and tell me what he said. All well, right. I
0: might, I might get under one of his helpers and not Santa <laughs> Good on you,
2: Johnny. See Good you. on you, mate. Thanks, mate. Corey's in Devonport still. Morning, Corey. Good morning, Macca. How are you?
10: Can you get, you got me now? Yeah, I gotcha. Gotcha, Excellent, mate. Excellent. Yeah, so just uh, ringing up to let you know that um, uh, down here we're putting this year on a a Christmas lunch for uh, families, single parents, couples or people on their own who have no one to share outside their house for Christmas and um, yeah, the community's got right behind it. Uh, It was going to start as a a sausage sizzle in a park or something like that. Now we have a venue at the East Port Lawn Bowls. Um, We have 12 kilos of prawns, salmon, 20 kilos of ham, um, chicken, 45 kilos of salad, apple crumble, pavlova nests with uh, cream and fresh berries. I heard someone talking about fresh berries from Tassie the other day. I mean, earlier on, sorry. Um... Yeah, caramel size uh, toy wads donated seven hundred dollars worth of toys. I'm coming. Local... Sounds, yeah, yeah. <laughs> sounds like a sounds like a full blown Christmas, mate. Mate, just get off the spirit. I'll come pick you up when it's just around the corner.
2: Ah, <laughs> uh, Corey, what do you do?
10: I drive uh, uh, deliver groceries for Woolworths. All oh, right. So yeah, yeah B- been bus- doing that. Busy boy. Yeah, actually, it's one of the. I, I I tell everyone I get paid to be a tourist, and when customers thank me for bringing their groceries, I thank them for uh, allowing me to have a. Yeah, just a pretty cruisy job. So yeah, no, I love it. Absolutely love it. Yeah. I've worked on fishing boats and prawn boats, and qualified chef and um, social worker. Worked up in the Kimberleys with uh, some kids up there, and. And um, yeah, uh, just yeah. Now I just found something that's uh, nice and relaxing, and still still you know keeps you busy. But uh, no, nah, it's a crazy job. So, is yeah.
2: is Devonport look Christmassy? Is there lots of trees and you know deco's and lights and stuff around the place?
10: Yeah, a lot of places you can go around and, and look at the uh, houses all set up and stuff like that. And there's little things down the uh, Latrobe Street and Devonport and stuff where you you know yeah you drive down the main street and they've got all the little things set up and. Uh, we had the um, Christmas uh, carols the other day and the parade, and it was absolutely pouring down on the parade, but everyone still turned out. I ended up turning my umbrella upside down so I could catch the lollies for the kids and give them something to throw out. So, yeah, it's uh, no, it's been great. Absolutely great. Beautiful day today, though. Absolutely beautiful. So... Aww. Yeah.
2: And Corey, I think see I think it's important as you say that's for people who don't have a family and there's lots of people like that. There should be more of that. I think because Christmas should be a time really you know it's nice to feed your face and all that sort of stuff but I I think in some ways we should turn it around. Um well, you know for 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 those of us who have give something back to those who haven't. Um and that's a way you build a better community, I reckon
10: uh oh, 100%. I I actually feel like giving is nearly selfish because you get so much back out of it yeah, yourself. Yeah, you get so, so much
2: pleasure, exactly.
10: Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, definitely. We ended up in making it in the newspaper, local newspaper, and um, we've had a lot of... And all the... I'd You know, I'd love to throw all the companies out there. I'll throw a couple. Um, PFD, um, Peter and Anna, um, Seafoods, uh, IGA Hill Street. Uh, what else? We've got the Rees High School. They actually made... In their class, they made little chocolate truffle bags, 150 of them. We've, we've got 110 people coming. Um, we're planning on 150, and after this, yes. you'll probably
2: have more, mate. <laughs> after, <laughs> yeah.
3: after this little yeah, exactly. chat,
2: you'll probably have yeah. more. But we'll anyway, the more the, the, merrier, the more the merrier. The more the merrier. Sharing it's bit like you know, the loaves and the fishes. It'll be, um, it'll be great. But I think it's a wonderful thing. I think it's a wonderful no. thing, Corey. And and thanks for ringing this morning, mate. We'll see you in Devon. I love going to Tassie and. You've got lovely cool weather down there, haven't you?
10: Yeah, we still get some hot day. I think the um, I think we get this, the The sun still is hot, but I think the cool breeze makes you feel like you've got a cooler day. But you've still got, you know, like that sun still burns you. We uh, yeah, oh, yeah. so yeah, no, nah, definitely. And um, no, nah, short time listener. I only heard your program this year, and uh, and I've fell in love with it every Sunday. I, I work, and I just wait till you you start. I start a bit earlier than you, four forty five. <laughs>
7: <So>. <laughs>
2: what about, And what about all the people like you who deliver and all the people, boxes? I, I yelled, there was a couple of blokes pulled up yesterday. I was watering the garden and, and a couple of blokes in a big truck pulled up and they loaded a mattress or something. And I, I yelled out to them because I'm a bit like... Um, the bloke in the over the top with Jim, like I was always, I'm always yelling out to us, I, I said, "You blokes are like the modern day Santas because they're they're delivering stuff all the time. They're modern, oh. and, and there's vans and trucks going delivering. Everybody wants stuff, and the the Christmas rush is on with we in earnest. You know, as, as Doctor Ross says, you know, can I fix that? Uh, you know, a lifetime of neglect, but can I fix this before Christmas, Doc? Um, <laughs> all that sort of <laughs> stuff. Everybody wants stuff before Christmas, don't they?
10: Oh, de- definitely, and I used to work for, uh, uh, delivering for, uh, not work for Harvey Norman, but did their furniture, and, you know, I, all I do is lift up a couple of bags now, I'm, I'm happy where I am, those guys work hard, furniture removalist guys, anyone who's, uh, the guys who lift and plaster have done that in their houses, and, and um, yeah, there's some tough work out there, and uh, even, you know, working on fishing boats, obviously, And but now I'm... Um, I shouldn't t- tell everyone, but it's a crazy job what I've got. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. you work and a, yeah. and a good, good company to work for. They look after you too. So, yeah.
2: Good on you, Corey. Good on you, mate. Merry yeah. Christmas.
10: Merry Christmas, Maggie.
2: See
11: you, buddy. Bye. Good morning, Mak. How are you going? Good, thank you. Um, it's Kai Johnson here from Perth. Uh, just driving around looking for a surf spot, actually.
2: <laughs> right. What's uh, yeah? What down? The, whereabouts are you in Perth?
11: Uh, at the moment, I'm just south of Scarborough, pulled up on the side of the road, having a chat to you, and uh-huh. just going to head to Trig and meet my brother there for a surf. Yeah.
2: Uh, what's the surf look like?
11: Uh, I was just down at Cottesloe and there was none there, so we made the decision to go up to Trig. It'll be a bit busier, but that's okay. It'll be something to do.
2: Yeah, maybe it's one of those days when there's not much of a surf around.
11: Yeah, it probably is, but you know, it's something to do. It keeps me busy.
2: Yeah, Kai, what do you do?
11: I'm a carpenter. Mm-hmm. Just uh, finished up FIFO, and now I'm working for myself.
2: Right. Where were you FIFOing?
11: Uh All over the state. Uh, we um, travelled around building mining camps everywhere.
2: Uh, and that's sort of tailed off, has it?
11: Uh, it hasn't tailed off. Um, I just wasn't um, enjoying the lifestyle anymore, yeah.
2: Mm. So now yeah. you're living in Perth and go surfing on the week weekend?
11: Yeah, go surfing on the weekends and work during the week, yeah. That's the plan.
2: Yeah, well, Perth's going ahead, place, isn't it? A lot of when I went for a drive down south, out of Perth, and a lot of new um, housing developments and things going on.
11: Oh yeah, it's going bonkers. Um, it's starting to go upwards a little bit around the city, but Mm. also it's always um you know developing north and south dramatically. Yeah.
2: Mm. And where are you from, Kai originally?
11: Uh, Originally from Northern. All right. About hundred k's out of Perth. Yeah.
2: So, um uh, looking for surf to tr trig today, eh? Yes, that's the plan.
11: Well that's I haven't plan, got
2: a, I haven't got a surf report, but um yeah it sounds like <laughs> if it's a bit uh low at uh quite a slow, it's probably the same all along the coast.
11: Yeah, but most of the time you get something at Trig. Yeah, it kept me busy anyway, it's good.
2: All right, Kai, good on you mate. Nice to talk to you. No
11: worries, Maka. You have a good
2: day. Take thanks, it easy. Thanks, mate. Bye.
0: Merry Christmas everyone.
2: Yes, thanks mate. The other day I met a couple in Gundagai. Come and meet them. I'm talking to a couple of intrepid travellers. Your name is?
12: Uh, Joanne Johnson.
2: And, and Graham
8: Johnson. Where are you two from, Joanne?
12: Uh, originally young, but we've been on the road for five years.
8: Wow, how's that?
12: Yeah, we love it. We love it. I'm not sure if the family love it, but we've just been home for three months and couldn't wait to get on the road again on Monday, last Monday. Uh-huh. So we haven't we haven't gone ventured far from home here in Gundagai, but... Um, it's just lovely.
2: So, Graeme, what, what do you love about being on the road?
8: Oh, it's just the, the freedom to do what you want to do and be where you want to be. We don't make any plans. We sort of take us where the wind takes us, so to speak. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, we're just enjoying Australia and uh, what's out there to see and do. How's
2: the cherries going in young?
8: I believe they're going all right. I'm not sure how they went with the rain the other day. There might have been a bit of damage from that. But, yeah, I haven't had much contact with any of the growers there. So from what I've seen, they're going pretty well. What did you do? I was into pumps and irrigation, so a business in Young. We looked after the irrigation for the cherries and stock water schemes and that sort of thing, water water, and pumps and things on farms. Most important.
12: I had a temporary employment agency and I looked after a lot of the backpackers during the harvest in Young.
8: Yeah. And did you also say you, you grew
2: tomatoes? Or? I
12: did grow tomatoes, oh, many, oh, probably what, five years before we retired. I had uh, the husband decided that it was time that we might, a good venture, we'd buy this um, 70-foot, tunnel and a well, 70 meter tunnel and um by 10 meter tunnel and grow tomatoes commercially but he didn't tell me that he was red green colour blind. i mean what what <laughs> help is he to me with that with tomatoes you tell me so yeah it was very hard work but i did love it, it was yeah good. well
2: a lot of people say that and, and a lot of people decide that when they retire or just before they retire to to go into some agricultural or horticultural Mm. pursuit. And I think, Mm. why? I mean, it's a lot of work, isn't it?
12: Yeah, it is. But um, really, I think, you know, they called me Tomato Joe and I think I did it well and uh, everyone loved my tomatoes at the time. Yeah, it was a good experience.
2: And what sort of tomatoes were they?
12: Um, just trust tomatoes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can't remember the actual the breed the variety, that we had. Yeah,
8: so, so many different varieties nowadays, but I can't even recall what the variety is that we grew. But ended up being too much hard work, or
12: yeah, well it was like seven days a week, and and I, I still did some um, bookkeeping and that in between. So I'd start at five in the morning in the in the greenhouse and wouldn't finish till nine if it was daylight savings. And yeah, just got a little bit too much after five or six years.
2: Like the cucumber bloke I spoke to last week, he said they just keep growing, so. You got to keep picking you got to keep picking you got to keep packing yeah
12: etc etc that's it so christmas day everything it didn't matter (laughs) yeah Yeah, you'd be pretty wrecked wrecked most of the time but i was nice and fit and slim and (laughs) and it was good (laughs) at the time
2: where are you heading for next
12: slowly down to yarrowonga we haven't really done a lot of victoria or all of victoria so we thought this time of year would be great so we'll spend christmas down there hopefully on the murray with some prawns and and that'll be us.
2: And send the family a card. Yeah, well, I don't know. It's, yeah, it's, a,
12: it's the first year that we're not going to be home for Christmas, but they've been a bit of a talk there to say that they're going to come and find us. <laughs> so Is that we'll a threat? Yeah, I'm yeah, Quite not possibly. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, lovely
2: um, to meet you. Good luck on the road. Keep yeah. in touch, eh? OK, thanks, Ian. Thanks, Ian. Thank you. you. Thank yes.
1: Oh, good morning, Macca. Oh, look, I just want to let you know that um, I was reading our paper today in South Australia, mm. and if you ring Santa from a phone box, $1 will be donated per call to the Salvation Army.
2: Oh, that's good. So that's that's uh, asterisk 464646. Four, six. That's what it is. And a dollar goes to the Sally's. How good, Fiona? Yes. What are, yes. You, do- what are you doing for Christmas?
1: Uh, going to my son's house. Um, He's married with a baby who's 10 months old so um, that will be lovely
2: it'll be very nice Christmas cake I love Christmas cake do you like Christmas cake Fiona if it's nice
1: yeah. Yeah. yes I do no. but my um, in-laws are Italian and they prefer the Well, um, oh, those other al-
2: those other things what do they call them
1: yeah yes Oh, panettone panettone like yeah yeah
2: she. Okay. S- sounds good good on you Fiona thank you
1: thanks Macca have my... a nice Christmas yeah, thank yeah. You. same bye. to you bye